So apparently, Andy, people were so angry at the Lakers. That, I mean, I, I the phone system's been updated since we were last uh, here, and I tried to take a call, and uh, I accidentally hung up on that person, and the person called back and just screamed it at Funchy, just yelled at him. People are so angry that they're just yelling at our producers and our cursing board me out, cursing, cursing out LeBron, everybody. Man, team's two games below five hundred. What are you expecting? I mean, we hosted. What? If, Funchy's got nothing to do with that. You know what? Collateral damage is part of the deal. You and I hosted for years during, you know, like the 17 win, you know, 17 win seasons that we had nothing to do with. We were told we weren't uh, optimistic enough. (laughs) Yes, we did hear that. But we got yelled at all the time in postgame. It had nothing to do with us. We were doing the best we could. But guess what? Collateral damage. That's part of the deal. Everyone, including Funchy, has got to be stronger. Why can't you guys present a happier face on this 18-win season. We're doing the best we can, people. Um, but yeah, so people are calling, yelling at Funchy, yelling at us. I mean, people are really upset. Um, but, Andy, let's talk about happier things after we tell you that ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. The Rams, in the playoffs for the fourth time in the Sean McVay era out of five seasons, never had a losing season with Sean McVay here. None of that 8-8 eight and eight BS. Seven and nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. It was eight Jeff, and eight. eight Jeff and eight, Fisher. Eight and eight was not BS. Seven right. and nine was BS. Jeff Fisher said that uh, during the hard knock season, it was going to be none of that seven and nine BS. And he was correct because they didn't even reach seven and nine. That's right. <laughs> Five and 11 BS. Or whatever. whatever it was. It was four and 12. <laughs> oh, that's, that's even worse. Um, I am ex- I'm, should I? The Lakers have maybe, maybe a little bit like more scared of this sort of thing, but like I'm excited about the potential for the Rams. I'm not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's a shoe in or whatever, but like the idea that the Rams could be playing for a championship at SoFi this year in the Super Bowl seems completely and totally realistic to me. Not easy, but realistic with what they're doing now and the running game they have and a quarterback that is capable of being excellent on a team that doesn't need him to be. What they did this weekend in Minnesota has me really excited, perhaps more than I should be. Well, you you mentioned the running game, and Sony Michelle had a fantastic game. He's had a really good season when he's been healthy. Guess who's coming back? Cam Akers. Potentially available to be, to be a guy who can jump into the playoffs. Right. He's probably not going to play. He's he, they activated him. They activated him. Um, I think the hope, the hope. I should clarify. I guess maybe be a little more specific. The hope is that come playoff time, he's going to be an option for them. And if you have, which, by the way, is remarkable. Yes, it is. He tore his Achilles in training camp. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. But if you look at options that include Sony Michelle. Errol Henderson, and Cam Akers. You don't need Cam Akers to be lead-back quality. No, no, no. Three to five plays a game, right. just a little something different. But, but if he looks even like 70% of Cam Akers before, like giving him time to really – like the Cam Akers that you're hoping to see probably won't be that guy until next, next season. Year. But if he's 70 maybe 80% of that guy before – that gives you a live option. It gives you a little bit more dimension. It gives you different things that you can do out of the backfield that, again, lessens that pressure on Matt Stafford, who is 
if you want to be skeptical, an unproven playoff commodity, it gives that much less pressure on him to have to do everything. You noted that Stafford, you know, is an unproven playoff guy. He's 0-3 in the playoffs with the Lions. Always playing as a road underdog, never playing with a team that was a division winner, um, never playing with a team that was, you know, loaded um, or really considered. Last time, Brian, the Lions won their division, 1993. Matt Stafford was five years old. Probably already dreading the idea of ever getting drafted he, by the Lions. Did, he just he wasn't even a glint in his eye. He didn't realize what was coming for him. He was happy. He was optimistic. Uh, yeah. He didn't even know mm-hmm. the, the the terrible days that would be coming for him. Mm-hmm. You just you you look at all this stuff. And Stafford was, I don't want to say he was terrible because he didn't. He made enough important throws and big throws that even with a bad QBR um, and you know 200 yards passing and three interceptions, he did do Could enough have been more. It could have been more. Probably should have been more. He did enough good stuff, and only one of those interceptions was terrible. It was the you know, one <laughs> right, of the but first. a couple of the almost interceptions were right. Terrible. He should have ended up with three. One was a tip ball that happens. One he was hit as he threw that happens. Um, but he would have ended up with a round three if Minnesota could catch. Um, even with that, it's like you look at everything else. It's like I didn't see a lot in that game other than maybe you know a special teams punt return, a punt return for a touchdown, which they haven't gotten since Tavon Austin, I believe it was six years ago. Other than that, you know, the run game has been legit with Michelle over the last few weeks. They have shown they can run the ball and will. And, you know, and, and that, that Sean McVay is not mucking it up by being overly clever and being like, well, we ran it really effectively in the first quarter. Let's just pass 50 times from now on. Still could run a little more. They could. But the, the, their attack on Sunday wa- was pretty balanced. Yes, sure. It was, you know, thir- I think 37 passes, 30, sure. 33 runs. Would like to see them run a little more in the red zone. Okay. But on That's balance, on I balance. agree with you. You are correct. That defense, like Jalen, the idea that, like, okay, Jalen Ramsey locked up Justin Jefferson, particularly in the first half as the Rams were sort of building control of that game. Aaron Donald was unbelievable in on Sunday. But the idea that Aaron Donald is going to be great week to week, he's the best pl- defensive <laughs> player in football, and I'm not sure it's close. Mark Schlereth pointed out something great during the broadcast of this game against the Vikings where he said the gap between Aaron Donald and whoever else you think is the second best defensive lineman in football, he didn't, he didn't name who that was because honestly it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The gap between Aaron Donald and and whoever you're picking is the biggest gap between any other position in the league. Like number one quarterback versus number two quarterback, running back, running back, linebacker, linebacker, down the line. Yes. There is no gap bigger at a position between Aaron Donald and whoever the hell is number two. And I, I'm not going to say that that makes him the MVP, although it could. you could certainly think about it. Or that defensive line, like you get, the, is the most important position of it still comes down a lot of ways to your quarterback and all that kind of stuff but good god i mean like what he does for them then you add jalen ramsey and you add you know solid linebacker play and guys like floyd playing well and you know williams in the in in the defensive secondary and taylor raps playing well and matt gay is giving them that kicking game that they had with greg zerline when they went to the super bowl that they struggled to 
there's nothing feels over over their skis, over their water, you know, over their heads about or unsustainable about what they're doing. Odell Beckham Jr. isn't Robert Woods. Can't use him the same way as you, but he has come in and filled a role and been good, and it's opened up Cooper Cup. You can't over, you know, and it's allowed Van Jefferson to be a useful player. You're not relying on Ben Skoranek. I, 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 other other than Green Bay, who do you think's better? Well, th- that's the one of the things I was going to. There, there were three points that I wanted to make. First of all, Kevin Durant tweeted out during the game, Jalen Ramsey has mastered this bleep. And he is absolutely correct. Like when you are an opposing wide receiver and you see Jalen Ramsey opposite you, you are thinking, oh, bleep. Yeah. I don't care how. And by the way, if KD didn't think that Jalen Ramsey had mastered this bleep, he would say so because he doesn't pull punches on Twitter. No, no. Whether uh, under his own name or under a burner. All of his his accounts are very honest. No cap, uh, as the kids would say. You mentioned Green Bay as maybe better than the Rams. Maybe. There's no team, though, that they're going to be facing in the NFC where you look at them and say, all right, maybe they're better than the Rams, but I don't think they can beat them. Mm -hmm. And other than maybe Green Bay, I don't think there's anybody in the NFC that you can look at and say, I think they're definitively better than the Rams to begin with. I'm not, I don't really know don't there's anybody. Any, Arizona is not the way they're playing now. No, they're moving in the wrong direction. Um, you know, Cowboys, t- leg- they have a legitimate the defense. The defense is in- insane. Their defense is incredible. But I, I, but- I, th- I think they could draw up something that can both score enough points, but also, you know, that offense is not It's been up and down. It's been, it's been up and down. Um, you know, Tampa, well, they already showed they can beat them. It's like, you know, this is... And their their wide receiver core is beat up in ways that aren't going to necessarily rebound. You know, you don't count out Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette though is out. Well, like they've got they've Antonio got Brown. Real... Brian, he's a changed man. We heard from Bruce Arians. Oh right, he's changed. And and I think that character change is going to make a big Huge. difference yeah, I'm in that Buccaneers locker room. Like he's changed a yeah, lot. Yeah, I mean the one thing I guess you could say about Antonio Brown being forced to answer questions about the whole fake vax card is it distracts from having to answer questions about all the charges of domestic abuse that was amazing he for people who didn't see and i believe it was actually an espn reporter who initiated the conversation about hey would you care to comment about the fake vax card that you submitted during a pandemic that got you suspended for three games this is the first time you've been available might you offer some thoughts on that antonio brown and Antonio Brown started saying he didn't want to talk about that, and all the media does is create drama. And, I mean, the lack of self-awareness involved there, A, you created the drama by doing the whole vax. Right, you did, you did the thing. Right, like- you, you submitted a fake vax card to your employer during a pandemic in a very public job setting. Like, your job is something people pay attention to. Not to mention the fact that, as you mentioned, Brian, he has a history of legal transgressions, a history of conflict within his teams, a history of just general problems. But yeah, the media, they're the ones creating drama by simply asking him, hey, can you comment about this situation? Guys are... As our people would say, Brian, that takes some chutzpah on his part. Um, There are no question, you know, rabble rousers and hot take artists and all this stuff in the media like you know the media is a big thing it's, it's a lot of people mm-hmm. um and no question we will look for you know the drama and this and that, but like it's gotten to the that point, ain't it that ain't it it's gotten to the point where a lot of these guys look at any question that they don't like about something that they don't want to talk about as just 
the media cooking up I mean, you know, conspiracies well, and, and not leaving well enough alone. If they ask Antonio Brown about this in, say, the second round of the playoffs, okay, he might have a point. If they ask him about this, I don't know, game five of next, next season. Next season, sure. Okay, sure. The first game you're available? You, you should expect to have to talk yeah. about it, at least a little bit. And you know what? If you want to demonstrate the accountability that Bruce Arians has been raving about ever since Chris Godwin had a season-ending injury, you might just take the questions. Right. Or, like, you could say, guys, honestly, this is not something I, I really want to talk about. It's over. It's in the past. But don't, don't, don't. Don't act like you're the victim here. Like, oh my God. Like, really, guys? Really? This is what... You know, when we come back, I will show you, Andy, how to handle a weird question from the media in a way from a guy who you wouldn't have expected this kind of reaction from. A much better way, and we'll also get it back into Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. All that coming up next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We'll get to we'll get a couple things. We we'll get to we were just launching into a question, you know, about Antonio. We, we finished talking about Antonio Brown, and obviously, controversy is a lot easier to tolerate. You know, Bruce Arians talking about Antonio Brown being a you know model citizen and all that kind of stuff and a great influence and whatever. Ignoring the fake vax card thing, ignoring the the domestic abuse issues and all the accusations on stuff because they're out of dudes mm-hmm. like. Chris Godwin's out for the year. Mike Evans is not out for the year. He's hurt. But he's hurt, hurt. Like, not going to be back. In Gronk is always an injury away from happening. Leonard Fournette is hurt. Um, like, they are running short of dudes in Tampa Bay. Um, so you become much more tolerant of of a, a person's shortcomings, we'll say. we When I was on with Ramona, that was when, a week and a half ago, that was when the Kyrie Irving news broke that he was going to try to the the nets were going to let him play road games and he'd practice and whatever of course Kyrie instantly went into the covid protocols as an unvaccinated uh player shocking that he would end up testing positive um but the debate was and i had this i asked this question of ramona like do you think the nets are doing the right thing she said no because she liked the, the the principle that they were standing up for both for all the players to be vaccinated and what that means but also you know, also the team, like everybody else has made this quote unquote sacrifice. I put it in air quotes. It's not a sacrifice to get vaccinated people. But my point was at some point, then you are penalizing Kevin Durant. You are risking the health and safety of Kevin Durant on the floor by making him play 42 minutes a night, carrying the burden that he's got to do this course before Durant went into the protocols. Um, you're making the same point about Ben Simmons. Like at some point, Philly's just got to let him play or trade him or something. Like they, because they're decimated. Specifically, I think too. trade him. I be, I think it. I think the Sixers have reached a place now where I don't know if you can put the genie back in the bottle with Ben Simmons, the relationship in that locker room, actually having him play with Philadelphia. 
But he won't do it. I mean, right. like the Sixers have have opened the door for him to do it. Right. And you know, Ben Simmons is sitting out right now, ostensibly because of mental fatigue, not anything the Sixers are right. Doing. But I'm talking about actually trading him because there have been a lot of reports of offers going out to Philadelphia, right. and you know, Daryl Morey said himself, "This could be a long process. This could take four years," which is Daryl Morey's way of saying, "I am not going to take anything other than what I consider is the absolute." best offer based on all the different numbers I'm going to crunch and all the different data and what I consider a superstar, blah, 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 blah. And I get it. But the flip side is you are taking a year of Joel Embiid either in his prime or just about to enter who is, when available, playing at a really, really high level. You are a win. MVP level. Right. You are a win-now team that is willing to sacrifice a year you want to say maybe for large picture considerations with what you get for Ben Simmons? Maybe, but some of this is pride. Some of this is not wanting to give in on that thing and not want to end up looking like you are the one that budged for Ben Simmons and for Clutch and for all these other exterior forces. And at some point, you have to think about what are we actually playing for? Like, what's the actual purpose of this season? Do, because because do I don't care who you th- bring in, you th- they're better than Ben Simmons sitting at home. Sure, but do you think that teams are offering stuff that provide them with difference-making players for this year and that they're just saying no? To I mean, I guess it depends on how you are categorizing difference-makers. Because, look, there is there is better than literally not a person who is playing for us who is anyone, and then there is... Yeah, but like I would think like a I mean, it's a bad example maybe just because, you know, of late he had the collapsed lung, but there was a period where you could have gotten CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, if I had that opportunity, I'd just do it because then you can move forward with this season. Mm-hmm. As opposed to waiting around for somebody that is a true star, but in the meantime, your actual true star, the the asset that means more to you, Joel Embiid is kind of wasting away because you're worried about the second best asset and again, face you're worried about saving face. I think on there's, this. There, I think there's, there's got to be some truth to that. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm the only thing I'm trying to stick up. I mean, with, you, do you really you, want to punt this season if you're Philly? No, you that's don't. what they're you, doing you right now. You don't. You don't. Um, and it's, it's a weird thing to try to be sort of play that game between patience and trying. And right now, the whole league is so blown up in terms of availability and who's there and who's not. Like even engineering a trade is common, but it is still early. Like we're still. Three weeks away, for example, from a place where THT is right. even allowed to be traded. Right. December 15th opened up the league. Um, but like, you know, and, and just, you know, thinking about the Lakers. You you have a place in December 15th when the league was allowed to make trades. But the, the only asset the Lakers really have is THT. Can't be traded for another three weeks for, you know, just the rules around the contract you signed and all that stuff. It's still a long way between now and, and, and that date. And then another two and a half weeks to February. I don't I don't know what the 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 tradability factor of Ben Simmons is. I don't know what they've been offered. I don't know sure. what's out there. Um I don't I do know that the list of teams where he makes sense is relatively small and the returns that Philly could get from those teams because they don't have very many good players 
is, you know, like a Minnesota or something like that is, is relatively limited. It's draft picks. It's, you know, contracts or whatever to make the math work and draft picks and whatever, which isn't necessarily a bad trade for Simmons. But I understand the, the desire to try to like not just get, you know, settle at, in December for, you know, whatever, 30 cents on the dollar. Well, I mean, and the, the, and, and the Lakers are, are going to be in a similar position because they don't have much that they can do. They have a limited amount of, of places that they can send a guy like THT for a limited amount of players. And all, like all, you know, I've heard Ireland say it, I've heard other people say it, like the team isn't going to be in March what it is now. And that may be true from a an execution standpoint, but from a roster standpoint, like, this is a really hard team. The Lakers are a really hard team to change because they are three guys who make forty million bucks. Tht, Kendrick Nunn, and veterans minimum players. Like that is not an easy roster to to mess with, and so when people are like super pessimistic about where they're going or concerned or whatever, that's part of, I think of the concern. I think for Lakers fans is that. For all this talk of, oh, well, the Lakers will just make a trade. Are they? Like, really? Is that is that something you can count on? The buyout market this year, which is as foggy as it's ever been? Lakers have two contracts of financial significance that they can move. Precisely two. THT, mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn. One of those guys has Taylor Horton Tucker not performed up to the expectations that, that they had heading into this season, even taking into account that he is still a player in development. He's only 21 years old. He only recently played his 82nd regular season game. Even by that standard, Taylor Horton Tucker's been all over the place. He has not been what they've wanted or needed. Kendrick Nunn is yet to play. That's it. That's where the list begins right. and, you and where the list toss ends. in Wayne Ellington. No, but, but those, like, those aren't tradable assets. Right, those are not tradable assets. They are salary fillers. Those are guys that you throw in to make the math work. For the most part, I think the Lakers, in terms of which guys they would give up, would just say to a team, pick. Maybe there's one or two, maybe off the table. For the most part, it's pick. I think they try to hold on to Malik Monk. Well, whatever. But, you're, but, but for, you're the, right. you're for the exactly, most part, it's exactly. just pick whoever you want. We don't care. We need to make this thing work. That is among the many reasons why I think it was short-sighted of them not to retain Alex Caruso. Because beyond what Caruso would bring for them on the court that has been very missed, and for all the guards that they brought in, none of them replicate uh, Caruso's skill set, Caruso would have been yet another tradable contract. He would have given you more flexibility to mm-hmm. actually try to do something at the deadline. I mean, maybe Palinka can end up outthinking all of us. Maybe there's something on the horizon get that involves... the buyout market. Three, stuff happens. Sure. He could get lucky in certain respects. Maybe he outthinks all of us. Maybe there's something that he's envisioning that he's had for a while that involves a third team, whatever, that none of us are anticipating. I will grant that possibility. In terms of what is immediately visible, ain't a lot of options. All right. So this segment of uh, Travis and Sleewa brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear with, uh, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. There is a silver lining to what you just described. In terms of the Lakers and the and the and the 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 task that they are facing and what is in front of them and it is difficult and they are the nobody should sugarcoat it the Lakers are in a really tough spot right now it is not going well 
But there is a there is a silver lining to what you just described that I think they can lean into a little bit that might help out at least some. I'll tell you what that is next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, filling in for Travis and Slee with 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Kamenetsky Brothers in for Travis and Sliwa. We got, what, 12 minutes before the dump, Andy? Got all those stories we didn't get to. It's exciting. I am. I'm excited by that. Because it doesn't require me to understand youth slang. Just talk about stuff. <laughs> I don't know the youth slang. Um, anyway. Not even when you were a youth. Nope. Wasn't cool then. Nope. <laughs> Not cool now. Nope. Um, I'm actually, I've actually kind of grown into my look. Um, I don't look any different now than I did when I was like 23, which is a scathing indictment of me at 23, but it's, it's actually not bad for 46. Um, all right. So you were talking about this and, and you know, we, we, we noted in the last segment, like, for all the assumptions, and it's it's just habit, Andy, the Lakers will make a move. They will pick up a player. They will do, because that's what the Lakers do. And there, it is possible. The buyout market generally produces someone. Someone will be available. How much of a difference those people make varies by year. Markeith Morris was god-awful in the you know pre-bubble and then suddenly became very useful in the bubble. That was, you know, that was an impactful move for the Lakers. But a lot of times these buyout guys are less of a deal in the, when it's all said and done than we than we make it out. Mar- Markeith Morris, actually, the significance he had for the Lakers in the playoff, I think has been among the more impactful playoff additions I can recall in quite a while, actually. Right. And it's you know, it's not like he was like the star of the team. He just made a difference. No, he he was he was very important in terms of the flexibility mm-hmm. and the and the ability to go what I used to call medium ball a, a, against like uh against Houston, against Miami at right. times. Like, and he and he and he made shots that you know he went from being you know he shot like fifteen percent pre bubble and then suddenly was able to hit some three pointers and all so it is possible the Lakers are going to be able to come out in the buyout market, but it is. It is really. Usually, there are three or four or five guys you could look at and say this guy is going to be available in one way or another. He's going to be end up on the buyout market. It's harder to pick those guys this year. It's harder to identify who those players are going to be. Cleveland, for example, Kevin Love. I think at the beginning of the year there was an assumption that he might be available. Whether he'd help the Lakers, not sure. But you know, certainly positionally, a, a stretch four. Um, veteran experience knows how to play with LeBron you could certainly make an argument 
Cleveland's competitive. Like they can make the playoffs. Like they're not going to just start ditching guys left and right um, and trading people. So like just little stuff like that makes a difference. If that's the case, on the one hand, it would be nice to see the Lakers get some help. On the other hand, there may be something valuable, I think, to knowing that the cavalry isn't coming. That this is the group that we are going to have and that this is the group that needs to make it work. That in the back of your mind, if you're a player on this Lakers team and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but we're going to make a trade. Yeah, but there's going to be two or three players that are coming. That that could kind of keep you from confronting the reality, particularly if you're the coach, if you're the GM of this team. I That may be, I'm not saying it solves all their problems, but at the very least, it can get you into the mindset of, we guys, here's our group. We have to figure this out, come together and figure out how to make it work. Here's why I think you're wrong, Brian. I really tried hard on that one. I think they already know this. And because they already know... So you think they already think that that this team is not going to fundamentally change? Yep. And the reason I think they know that is because you watch them after every game and they look incredibly frustrated. And not just because they lost that game. They look frustrated because they appear to not see any solutions on the horizon. They don't seem like a team that's going, all right, we got to ride this out. But we know come February, there are some changes. So we just got to hang in there for about a month and a half. And Rob Palenka is going to pull a rabbit out of his hat. And he is going to fundamentally change this roster. And then it's just going to start clicking. They don't have that vibe. They've got the vibe. Certainly LeBron doesn't. Nope. And if anybody would know whether or not that change is coming, it's LeBron because he's the one that everyone runs everything by anyway if he's not the one running it by Rob Palinka in the first place. So I think you're wrong because I – You have to admit, it was not a terrible thought though, right? I mean, like for for like um, 45 seconds, however long it took me to spit that out, I bet people in their cars felt better about this team felt like they were going to be galvanized and come together and all these other things, and then you just ruined it. Am I wrong? No. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not saying that they've given up, because I don't think they have. No, they haven't given up at all. They would not have played as hard as they did to make two comebacks against the Nets. Like, they are still playing hard. For all of the issues that Laker fans have with Russell Westbrook right now, what you can't say is that he's not playing hard. Well, that's what LeBron Le, LeBron said this about Russ after the after the Christmas game. You know, he had 12 rebounds, five of them offensive. Uh, and we know we're not one of the better offensive team, offensive rebounding teams in this league. So um, he gave us extra possessions. He just missed a lot of um, looks around the basket, which I know that he can't stand as well. But, you know, as far as the effort piece, um, if a guy plays hard and a guy leaves it on the floor, Got no problem with that. Let's make a miss lead. Man, those misses were awfully close to yes, the basket. Yes, they were. Um, they were some tough And misses. you just, you read LeBron's body language at the end of games now, and it's like, I cannot do more. Like, put up 39. He can't do he more. Just, he can't, I cannot do more. Like, this is this is the maximum that I'm able to do. And by the way, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, it's not like LeBron's got to step up. We talked about AD needing to, like, when he comes back, AD needs to be better. LeBron 
they are not only the, the worst part about these five games for me, Andy, is that they are using this LeBron output and they haven't won a damn game. Like they haven't well, won a single game while he's doing all these things. And it, we are no longer in a world where LeBron, the well of LeBron is 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 unemptiable. We hear a lot from Laker fans at Cam Brothers or people leaving comments in the Locked On Lakers uh, iTunes. Locked On Lakers, what is that, Andy? Uh, It's a podcast that you and I host, Brian, five days a week, Monday through Friday, fresh Laker content. Uh, in my totally unbiased opinion, best Lakers podcast out and you there. Can, you, I bet you could probably get that wherever you download your podcast. Anywhere you download your podcast, you should make it your hashtag first listen, as our boss often tells us. Yes, all right. I'm glad we covered that. <laughs> there, the issues that they have to overcome right now, they know what they are. And I think in some respects, that's... That's kind of the problem. That's like kind they, of the they, problem. Like is, LeBron has the look of a guy who knows that what they have available to them. Because we talk about him all the time. He is a basketball savant. He might have. And I'm I'm talking Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and Kareem. And like, you can make an argument that LeBron James has the highest basketball IQ of anyone who's ever played the game. It's a very esoteric argument, but you can it's not ridiculous. And it, but if, if you can put him in that conversation, granted. They haven't been healthy. They haven't had all the guys. Kendrick Nunn hasn't played. Ariza has been in and out. All the LeBron, I think, is smart enough to put all of this together in his head, and know what it's basically going to look like, and decide if it's going to be enough. Just, and I, my concern is, he looks at it and says, "This ain't enough." Yeah, I mean, the th- if you want a glass half full version of this for Laker fans, you, I don't think you need to worry about LeBron. You know, calling out the team, calling out the front office because he would be calling out himself because everybody knows he was a driving force in the Russell Westbrook deal mm-hmm. happening. So in that sense, I think, you know, whatever drama or turmoil people are worried about, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think these guys recognize what is in front of them for better or for worse. I don't, I don't think they are fooling themselves into thinking, you know what, ride this out a month and a half, and the deadline's going to fix uh, well, it. There went that idea. It was worth a try. All right, well, we go from a season that could be called The Dump to a segment that could be called The Dump and is. Um, all the stories that we did not get to over the course of almost three hours on the Travis and Sleeva show, we'll do that next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, filling in for the guys, 710 ESPN. This is exciting. I like this. This is this is a segment that I understand. This is just stuff that we didn't get to. This doesn't require pop culture knowledge of, or things that the kids understand or like YouTube that was cats or whatever. Uh, dump's been around a long time. Yep. That is truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> it's, it's generation upon generation. I've been People familiar. Have been dumping for eons. Yeah. However you want to define it. Yep. It's been happening a long time. All right. So do you tell us what's what's being dumped, or do we just say it ourselves? No, you just go. You guys go ahead and talk oh, okay. about it. Yeah. See, I, I, the mechanics of dumping are are more tricky. But there's got to be a better way to say that. <laughs> there are dozens of us, literally <laughs> dozens of us. All right. So uh, we, Andy and I, have been. You know, we we actually mentioned this earlier um, when when Antonio Brown chafed at the idea of having to answer questions about his fake vax card in his first media appearance after the fake fake vax card suspension um of all people bill belichick crusty 
angry, cantankerous coach of the Super Bowl champion, you know, Patriots and all that stuff. On to Cincinnati. On, yeah, like just, you know, whatever. Was presented with an opportunity to be really rude and mean uh, when asked a question this weekend and didn't do it. This was the exchange. Hi, um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers? Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. Maybe next week. Left the door open. That she, went as well as I think it could have. She should come back. She should. Patriots lost a critical game in the AFC to the to the to the Bills at Foxborough. And this poor woman who was clearly sent by whatever outlet that she works for to ask this question of as many people as she possibly could for a story that's going to run before the new year. <laughs> Can't come back next week. January 1st is Saturday. So she's got to ask this question. That could have gone horribly. Yeah. I have never felt more sympathy for a, a, a journalist. And there were people making fun of her. Why is she asking this question? It's so unprofessional. It's a, This is this woman's job. She was sent there by her outlet to ask us. And you know what's hard to do right now? Find jobs in media. So, uh, you know, if you have one and your assignment editor says, go ask Bill Belichick what his New Year's resolution is, you kind of have to go do it. We've been we've been her before. I have been this woman. We've, uh, for years, for ESPN the magazine, we used to do stuff like that where you would compile responses from different people about one question, usually just sort of like a frivolous, away from sports type thing. And occasionally, and I will tweet this out at Cam Brothers so people can see this, you get some Lulu responses. For example, years ago, you and I were doing uh, ESPYs coverage and backstage, I was asking all the different athletes and celebrities who went up on the dais the same question. Who was your sports idol growing up? Asked like Floyd Mayweather, Snoop Dogg, Dennis Franz, Alexei uh, Yashin, like all these different people. Like you, you just skated over the name of the hockey player. You weren't quite sure. <laughs> wasn't what quite was. sure. Alexei Yashin. Just going to say something vaguely Russian. <laughs> and people will assume it's a hockey player and it's a real person. One of the folks up there was Tom Sizemore, the actor, a very talented actor, but mm-hmm. a lot of people know went through some very public drug and personal Reservoir issues. Dogs? Reservoir Dogs? Uh, no, that's Michael Madsen. That's Michael they Madsen both, is both the, guy. the same. Michael Madsen is the guy that I think was really mad that Tom Sizemore was going through all that stuff and yet people would... Just, people probably thought it was Michael Madsen. Well, but yet would still get better roles than Michael yeah. Madsen, even though Michael Madsen was talented and I think more reliable. But anyway, Sizemore gave a response that was two pages long, single-spaced, basically giving me the entire history of Detroit sports. Then, at one point, leaves the dais, swings right back on, and apologizes for not including Wayne Gretzky Mm. in this whole thing and goes through this whole thing about the history of Detroit Red Wings and all this different stuff. And then afterwards, Gretzky gets on the dais and he's like, who is that? (laughs) And by the way, that was the only question Sizemore took. I was the first one, and then the handlers got him off the stage. It's just like we've we've been there. Um, Yeah. Hi. um, Football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah. No, not right now. Okay. Thanks. Maybe next week. Like you know, this was not the first question that was asked of, of Belichick in this press conference, and by the time this lady was able to ask her question, she knew this was awkward. And she and, and yet she she did it anyway. So kudos to Bill Belichick for being nice to her. Um, can I admit to something at this point? 
What's that? I fundamentally misunderstood how the dump works. <laughs> And have nothing prepared beyond it because I thought you told. Us I will tell you know what I will tell you guys to dump in. Okay, all right. According to TMZ, guys, Magic Johnson is not looking forward to the Showtime HBO series. Magic said, "We got different shows coming out. I got one. Dengini's got one on Showtime coming out. Those are the ones I'm looking forward to." Oh, that means the HBO one is so good. I've sort of heard that like the, the Bus family isn't super thrilled about it either. Just like Twitter chat. I, I always that. thought that they signed off on it. They did. But, oh. you know, I guess they didn't get final cut. <laughs> shout, shout out to our buddy Jeff Perlman and uh, Adam McKay and all the people behind this HBO one. It's going to be good. I, I just like finally it. saw the trailer and it looks oh, amazing. It looks Magic awesome. doesn't like it and Jeannie doesn't like it and nobody seems to like it. You know who's going to like it? Us. Me. Me. <laughs> Me. I'm going to like it. John C. Riley as Dr. Buss, which is fantastic casting. Right. Um, we And the the book that it's based on it's is great. It's really it's good. Jeff, Jeff Perlman's book show is, is phenomenal. And I will say this. it's I'm not going to love it because I'm looking for them to drag Dr. Buss or no. drag Magic or drag the Lakers. What I don't want is sort of the sanitized version of the Showtime Lakers. And what I really want is something that's super-duper entertaining. Yeah. And even if they took liberties, if the, I'm entertained... The trailer is so... There's been two now. Yeah. They're so the good. The way they do it to make it look kind of like 80s grainy yes. film and all that stuff, like it looks like a sitcom from 1983. And, and look, Adam McKay is, I believe, the the overseeing highest producer on this. Ruined his friendship with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Over it. Will Ferrell was originally going to be Dr. Buss and Adam McKay... Kind of unilaterally decided to recast with John C. Riley. Also awkward. Riley and Farrell are best friends. Uh, apparently, their friendship step is still intact. Yes, step brothers. Uh, Talladega Knights, correct? But this looks incredible. It looks so entertaining. Uh, we got this from Carlo, the great Carlo Saisu who works on. Hey, the Carlo! Side. He said, I, "I remember having to ask the Dodgers and Angels questions for the body issue, the old uh, ESPN the magazine body issue, where players would pose nude to show sort of like the the, the beauty of the athletic form." I'll never forget Tory Hunter's eyes when I asked him what body part he wished was bigger. <laughs> Carlo really asked that question. Apparently, jeez, I really want to know I what mean, he said. There's got to be a better way to ask that, and by better, I mean literally anyway. any way, <laughs> any way, any way. And like, or if what if you say, well, and and yes, I am including your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, that's not off the table, Tori. Yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, it's awkward. In uh, more Laker news, the Lakers won't uh, sign Isaiah Thomas to a second ten-day contract, according to Shams. Not surprising. I want that story to work. Um, I want him to be able to find a way to kind of end his career in a way that, like, Isaiah Thomas is not a great NBA player anymore, but there was a, he won a scoring title. He's barely 5'9". Like, people need to understand, like, yes, he's a subpar defender. He, all that other stuff. The dude was in the NBA winning scoring titles, and he's not taller than I am. That is incredible. It is, I've always thought, like, a guy like Nate Robinson were he nine inches taller, might have been the best player the NBA ever produced. If you can be under six feet and stick in the league, particularly as a scorer, for, you know, ten years, eight, ten years or whatever. He looks like he's healthy, though, too, for the I, first time in a I couple years. I just hope he can find somewhere to play, finish the season, retire, whatever it is. But as an athlete, he deserves to go out feeling like he went out on his terms. On the flip side, though, they brought in uh, Stanley Johnson. Uh, who made his debut uh, against Brooklyn on Christmas, one of those hardship deals, mm -hmm. he looked fantastic. 
Stanley Johnson looks like somebody who should be a part of this team moving forward, who could play a really important role as a defensive wing. Like Darren Collison looked, eh. eh. He looked like a guy who hadn't played in like two years. A couple years. But Stan- Stanley Johnson looked really good. Well, look, I mean, Johnson is one of those guys, he is a has always been a defensive plus. He moves very well. He's very athletic. Um, you know, he is switchable. At you know, he's listed at six six, but he's really strong, um, and he's you know he's quick enough. He can guard threes. He can guard fours. He can probably guard you know at least body up and you know go strength wise with you know centers if he gets switched onto them. Um, they don't have anybody who does that. He's a he's a black hole defense uh, offensively. And quickly, got, quickly, guys, Taco Bell will start selling chicken wings next week. Yay or nay on chicken wings at Taco Bell? Cap. It <laughs> <laughs> feels like cap. Stay in your lane, Taco Bell. I, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I'll probably try them just because it's like, well, if they're bothering to sell them, there must be something going on there. Uh, I don't know. John and Steve are next, or who's next? John and Steve. John and Steve. Surprisingly, oh, on a that holiday is on week. That is a Monday after a holiday? I know. Huh. I'm not, I mean, I, I, the, the weirder you are with your foods, the more at a fast food restaurant, the more likely I am to try it. Speaking of food, me and DeMarco tomorrow, 10 to 1. That's a lot of food. There you go. 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.